Hello everyone, welcome to the Goodness Pod where we discuss the goodness of God and how to live His holy way. My name is Ashley and today we'll be talking about forgiveness. The story of Joseph as recorded in Genesis 37 through 50 is probably one of the most remarkable stories of forgiveness in the Bible. It's Genesis 50 through 15:21 is where the Bible shows that Joseph forgives. But because this story is very long, I'm going to sum it up. And but I urge you all to go read it. So, once a long time ago in a land called Canaan, there lived a man named Jacob. He had four wives and 13 children, one girl and 12 boys. Jacob's boys' names were Joseph, Reuben, Naphtali, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Zebulun, Judah, Benjamin, Asher, Levi, and Simon, or Simeon. These brothers began, became the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel in the Hebrew world. Of those four wives, Jacob loved Rachel the best. Of those 13 children, Jacob loved Rachel's two sons, Benjamin and Joseph the best. Joseph was the favorite one. And his sister and his brothers all knew it. They knew their father liked Joseph best. At mealtimes, their father let Joseph sit next to him and eat the best food. During the day, their father let Joseph stay in the tent while the others had to go farm in the fields or take care of the sheep. Their father even gave Joseph a beautiful coat to wear. It had long sleeves and was finely woven with shimmering colors. Whenever Joseph wore it, and he wore it all the time. Everyone stopped and turned to look at him. Because in those days, long ago, clothes took a long time to make. And they were very expensive. Most people only had one set of clothes. And they were usually brown or maybe gray or black. Nobody except the very richest people had blue or green or red or yellow clothes. Nobody except Joseph, that is. He had a coat that was all those colors and more. So Joseph knew he was his father's favorite. He knew he was special. He even had special dreams, dreams that told the future. He told his 11 brothers about one of his dreams. He said, I dreamt that there were that we were in the field harvesting the corn, and your 11 sheaves of corn all turned and bowed to mine. The brothers didn't like hearing this, and the brothers didn't want to bow down to Joseph. They didn't like Joseph. They were jealous of him, they were angry at him, and they seemed to hate him. And they made a plan to get rid of him. One day, when Joseph was 17 years old, he went to the field where his brothers were taking care of the sheep. As always, he was wearing his beautiful coat of many colors. His brothers grabbed him, tore his coat off, and shoved him into a pit. Let's kill him, said one brother. No said another we can't kill our own brother let's sell him as a slave and so so all of the brothers sold joseph to slave traders for 20 pieces of silver then the brothers dipped joseph's beautiful coat in the blood of a goat and ripped it all up they took the bloody coat back to their father jacob and told him joseph has been killed by a wild animal but joseph wasn't dead the slave traders made him march for days on a long journey to the land of Egypt, and there they sold him as a slave. 
People order him around all the time, and sometimes they will hit him. Joseph had never been treated like that before. He's always been the favorite one. And Joseph had never had to work very hard before. His father had let him stay in their tent. Joseph wondered if he could ever forgive his brothers for selling him. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I did forgive my brothers for that, it probably would have taken a long time. But anywho, Joseph did whatever the people told him to. He did the work well and he didn't complain. His owner noticed and began treating him better. But after a while, his owner got angry at him and put him in jail. Joseph certainly wasn't the favorite one now. Not only was he a slave, he was a slave in jail. Joseph sat in that jail day after day after day, alone and forgotten. Sometimes he would wonder about his father and his sister and his 11 brothers. Was his father still alive? Did his sister still like to weave cloth? Did his brothers still farm the fields and take care of sheep? Had any of them married and had children? Joseph didn't know, and he wanted to. But earlier, when his brothers had sold him into slavery, Joseph had been very angry with them. He had hoped that they would be torn away from their family and sold as slaves. He had wanted to hurt them the way they had hurt him. But now, as he sat in jail, alone and far from home, and the days and the months and the years went by, he began to understand why his brothers had been angry. Even though his brothers had done a horrible thing to him, Joseph missed them, and he wanted to see them again. Joseph forgave his brothers, but his brothers didn't even know they were forgiven. More years went by, and Joseph stayed in jail. Then one night, the king of Egypt called a pharaoh, began having strange dreams. A dream about seven thin cows who ate seven fat cows, but stayed thin. One of his servants said, Lord Pharaoh, there is a man in jail who knows about dreams. His name is Joseph. The Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and Joseph told him that the fat cows meant there would be seven years when food grew well, and the thin cows meant there would be seven years when food didn't grow. First, there would be plenty to eat for seven years, and then there would be a famine for seven years, and people would go hungry. The Pharaoh was impressed. He said, Joseph, you are free, and you shall be my governor, in charge of all the land and all the food that is grown. So for the next seven years, the farmers grew a lot of food, and Joseph made sure they stored most of it. After seven years, the famine started, just as Joseph had predicted. No plants grew, but the people in Egypt didn't go hungry because they could eat the food that Joseph had stored. But far away where Joseph's family lived, they hadn't stored any food. They hadn't known about the famine was coming. Joseph's father and his sister and his brothers and their wives and children were starving. Let's go to Egypt, one brother said. I heard they have food. His brothers made the long journey to the land of Egypt, walking on the same road that Joseph had walked as a slave all those years ago. When the brothers got to Egypt, they went to Pharaoh's governor, the man who was in charge of all the food. They bowed down low in front of him, saying, Please, sir, let us buy food for our families. We are starving. This was that dream that Joseph had told them about years before, the dream of the eleven sheaves of corn bowing down before Joseph's sheaf had finally come true. But the brothers didn't know Pharaoh's governor was their brother Joseph. They hadn't seen him in more than 20 years. He grew up 
and was wearing different clothes. He changed. He's changed on the inside too. He had forgiven his brothers for selling him into slavery and he was happy to see them again. He could tell his brothers had changed as well. They took very good care of Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, and they were sorry for what they've done. They didn't hate Joseph anymore. So Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, your brother. And they were all amazed and worried that he would be angry with them and put them in jail or kill them. But Joseph said, I forgive you. I welcome you. Bring all your wives and children to Egypt and live here with me. So Jacob and his children and their children came to Egypt and the entire family was together again. So there are five reflections on forgiveness from the life of Joseph that I want to go over. The first one is put yourself in the shoes of others. Joseph's brothers failed him big time and they knew it. They sold him into slavery out of jealousy and they wondered if Joseph would seek revenge. His brothers were so afraid that they sent a messenger ahead to beg for forgiveness before any actual face-to-face -face contact, which was in Genesis 50 verse 17. It must be an uncomfortable reality to fear your own family member. No, it's not okay for someone to sin against you. That sin is an affront to God and painful to you. But if someone who commits wrong against you genuinely, genuinely asks for forgiveness, at least consider their boldness and vulnerability in doing so. That's exactly what Joseph did. Joseph wept when they spoke to him, which was verse 17. Which brings to my next point. Number two, weep with those who weep. The apostle says to weep with those who weep in Romans twelve fifteen. Of course, you can't manufacture tears. You shouldn't try to fake it or act like someone you're not. But there is a sense in the Christian life that we should feel such a love, such a care for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that even when they're in the wrong, we weep with them when they're hurting. That's what Joseph did. We move on in the story Genesis fifty eighteen through 19. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I, for am I in the place of God? Point three. Those who refuse to forgive are saying, I am above God. It's difficult to withhold forgiveness to others when we ponder how much we've been forgiven in Christ. But these sorts of situations aren't always that easy, are they? There are various means that can help. Prayer, Bible reading, Christian community, counseling, so much more. We should never overlook the simple means of grace that can bring transformation. And if you belong to Christ, I'm confident that the Holy Spirit will help you as you cry out to him for help. Perhaps the most famous verse in this text is Genesis 50, 20. As for you... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Point four, God has a purpose behind your hardships. Notice Joseph says this towards the end of his life, not the beginning. Why? Usually the purpose of your hardships are only partly understood after you've gone through them. During a hard season, you may ask, God, why am I going through this? But later, when it passes, you might get to see God's intention. Painful providence are often best observed in hindsight. Nevertheless, this is not always the case. Some questions to your sufferings will not be answered in this life. 
But for Joseph, toward the end of his life, he was able to see that God used his suffering to provide for others. There was a purpose in it. And when you trust that God is using the evil in your life for good, even if you don't presently understand it, you won't grow bitter towards God and others. Let's look at one of the verses from this section, Genesis 50, 21. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And that brings me to step five. Speak kindly to others. Words matter. Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You are not entitled to verbally abuse, mistreat, and lash out at others because they've caused you harm. Like Joseph, you're called to speak kindly to everyone, even those who hurt you. It doesn't mean that you have to be their best friend respond to their text messages, or even see them regularly. They don't have to be in your inner circle. But if they cross your paths, the Apostle Paul will remind you in Colossians 4, 6 to let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Forgiveness is not easy. I know from firsthand experience that it can be tough and tricky, but we must never lose sight of the gospel, a story we have more knowledge of than Joseph. The more you reflect on the canceling of your sins, the more readily you'll be able to forgive others for their sins against you. As C.S. Lewis once said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. If you find that you struggle to forgive others, when they offend or hurt you, ask God to help you to forgive. It's not always easy to forgive, but God gives us the grace, the supernatural ability we need to forgive others. And if the wound is deep, keep asking daily for God to heal your heart and to forgive the individuals. Stay persistent. God will help you through this. Remember, we must walk the journey of forgiveness daily as our Savior Jesus Christ did. Let's end with a prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, help me to forgive. Take the burden of unforgiveness and bitterness away from me. Help me to give up my right to get even. Free me from the toxic emotions that are keeping me in the painful grip of the past. I want to forgive as you have forgiven me. I may not feel like forgiving, but I know with your strength and in your power I can forgive. I know I need to forgive for real healing to happen. I trust you, God, to deal justly with the person who's violated and wronged me. I will leave the justice up to you. I don't want to be overcome with evil, but desire to overcome evil with good by forgiving. I am confident in your word, which proclaims I can do all things through you, which gives me strength. I will surrender my unforgiveness to you and forgive. Thank you, my precious Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have any comments from this episode or would like to talk or pray, you are always free to DM me. My Instagram is thegoodnesspod, or you can email me at thegoodnesspod at gmail.com. I'll see you next episode. God bless.